This is the Off Coast Podcast, where we focus on entrepreneurs, investors, and advisors located outside of the large startup ecosystems on the coasts. Now your host, Mark Frank. Well, welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Off Coast Podcast. Boom. Glad to be here. Episode number two. That's right. Getting better and better every time. So today we have Chris White from Shinesty. And uh, well, from my perspective, you're, you're an online retailer that provides really funky, cool clothing for a lot of different occasions. So why don't you give a little background about what Shinesty is sure. and, uh, and you know, how you started it, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, basically, Shinesty helps people who want to look awesome find unique, outrageous clothing for theme parties and events uh, on a simple level. So if you think ugly Christmas sweaters for the holiday party, uh, American flag jackets for Fourth of July... St. Patrick's Day clothing, pretty much anything that's outrageous uh, for an event, music festival, concert, whatever it is, we sell and we try to curate or create. Um, but at uh, on a little bit deeper level, what Shiny Sea is really about is just like being weird, being unique, being interesting, and really having an awesome time with the people that you love in your life. So uh, we started. I started Shiny Sea kind of. It was very much inspired by my collegiate career, I guess you could say. <laughs> I went to this really small school in Indiana, DePaul University. Um, it's about 3,000, 2,800 students, so it's really small, and there's really not much to do out there. So great school, but not a lot to do. Um, there is a lot of partying because there's not a lot to do. But eventually partying in and of itself just gets boring, right? So you got to innovate around your partying. <laughs> so we had the most ridiculous theme parties all the time. People were dressing crazy, dressing nuts. And by the time I graduated, I had this massive closet full of just awesome, crazy stuff um, that I would wear, like not just, you know, for theme parties, but on Tuesdays to my classes or whatever. (laughs) And so I graduate, I figure I'm moving to Colorado, going to get a JD MBA. It's time to get serious. Like, you know, let's just give away all this stuff. I'm going to be a professional now. Boring. Get a suit and tie. Exactly. Exactly. And so, I get here and I realize after a few months, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I give that was like a gem of a collection, walk-in closets worth. And I realized that after graduating, no, it's not like the party and the funs, the fun times in your life stop. It's actually better, right? There's more parties, there's more events, and now my friends and I have money, so we can afford yep. to fly to Burning Man and we can afford to go to Mardi Gras uh, in New Orleans and we can afford to do all these fun events. But now I don't have time to go out and curate a ridiculous costume for yeah. every event that I that I go to. Go to every single thrift store in town. Totally, and, right? And I don't have time to do stuff. that. So I thought to myself, like, why why is it so hard to find this stuff? This stuff should be available. Everyone I know loves it. Everyone in my generation loves this kind of crazy stuff. And every time you go out wearing this stuff, if you haven't done it, I suggest trying it. You have so much more fun because you get so much attention. People always want to talk to you. People want to take pictures with you. You just have a blast, right? Mm-hmm. You have more fun with the people that you're already going to have fun with because you love those people. Those are your friends. Um, but it just enhances the experience. And uh, when I was thinking about starting a business, um, I either got a piece of advice and I can't remember. I wish I could remember where I heard this. If you want to be successful in entrepreneurship, your best chances are if you pick an area where you're really good at something mm-hmm. and where that crosses over with something that you really love. Yep. And for me, like in college I had worked for a custom clothing company. So I had designed kind of these screen printed items or promotional items for fraternities and sororities, which I developed this interesting skill set, this snarky copywriting and this like 
these sexual undertones that like my generation really liked. Um, and I realized when I was doing that, that if I created like a sexual undertone or something kind of sarcastic and snarky yeah. on a t-shirt, I would sell hundreds as opposed to just printing, you know, right. beta theta pi, yeah. uh, on a t-shirt. So I developed that kind of skill set for building this brand that like the people I knew, at least my whole network really identified with. And mm-hmm. what I really loved was this kind of crazy, outrageous, outlandish clothing. Um, and so that's kind of where the idea came from. I, I thought about, I'd been, I'd thought about that for a while and I was like, you know, what, let's do it. Let's see if it works. And if it doesn't, it'll be really fun. My first impression, which probably a lot of people have is, is there really a market for this? Right. Yeah. Like, is there, is, can there really be any more sales than just around ugly, ugly sweater parties right. around Christmas time and you know, the, the 4th of July theme thing or the St. Patty's day thing. And mainly because, you know, I'm in my late thirties. I have three kids. <laughs> I'm not going out and partying a lot either. I don't have the time or I'm just too tired. But, but that said, there's still even like with my, I wouldn't even say my generation, but sort of the point in my life where I'm at, you know, we have these things from, for the school, these direct giving parties, which are usually like theme parties. Yeah. And you know, there's those sorts of things. There's, uh, obviously, you know, any kind of holiday. Yeah. You'd be amazed at like the level of attention that you get and yeah. just like how much more fun it is, especially when you're in a group, right? Yeah. You're in a group of like five couples all wearing crazy themed things. Like yeah. everyone wants to talk to you. Everyone wants to take pictures with you and you just like can't help it, but smile and like you're having a great time. Yeah. So you've had a lot of really good traction so far. So last year, so went like September, 2014, yep. what was, what happened? What, what'd you do? Yeah. So we started the company and honestly we started it with like $5,000 yeah. that Jens and I had. So nothing, right? I was mm-hmm. in grad school, ridiculous amounts of debt, not making much money. Yep. Um, and so we didn't have a ton of money and we started it by testing. We knew that like the plan all along was to, you know, test these different themes and different kind of verticals of clothing, uh, using vintage clothing. And so we, what we did is we went out and we tested using various different vintage themes. And once we had tested that, that's when we kind of put the pedal to the metal based on that stuff in September was kind of like when we started to take, we're like, all right, let's, let's go for it. Let's do it. Um, and it was a little slow at first, yep. September, October. Um, but in on December 1st, let me go back a little bit, actually. So the whole idea behind the behind the, the testing was that we knew that it would we could do it for super cheap, but at the same time, we could build this brand. Yep. And the brand that's about that lifestyle that mm-hmm. we just talked about, which is really just, like, at its core, it's having fun with your friends. Yeah. Having more fun. Enhancing the experience of being social. Yep. Um, and so we knew that we could build that brand at the same time. Um, and so as we did that, it went kind of slow at first, September and October, but then things really started to pick up in November. Um, and then like, basically we had, had had a couple of ads that essentially our whole brand is about being like kind of sarcastic and Mm -hmm. snarky and like, you know, being very irreverent. Um, and so by December we, so before you, cause I know it's coming in December. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So, cause you had actually some decent traction even in November of last year. Yeah. So, you know, I think what's often helpful for people to hear is really, how did you go about testing it? And if there's stuff, you know, like maybe even just from the marketing standpoint, sure. you know, you didn't have a lot of money. You did this really super bootstrap. Yep. Um, and so what sort of things did you do that worked well and what mistakes did you make that, 
you know, didn't work so well. And so like to, for testing, essentially we, we had been like kind of hacking Instagram the whole mm-hmm. time and that had worked, but you know, Instagram, like doing it organically is very slow yeah. like until you get to a certain critical mass and then it really starts to roll. But so p- part of the takeaway then is for people who are looking to build any kind of brand-based business is start that process even before you start anything else almost. Even, right? before, you start just, sell- even before you have anything. Even right? before you have anything. Yeah. You start building, you know, if, if, you, if you are truly, if you're a brand-focused yep. company, start building that brand before you do anything else because it takes a long time to start building. That. Exactly. And we already had uh, a pretty good following by that point because we had been doing that like yeah. the, a little bit the month in the months leading up to when we actually... Right really started going um but yeah i mean that was very slow at first and so our kind of first ad spend test Mm -hmm. right i know a lot of people like like talk like to talk about like oh you don't need to advertise like true companies just grow organically and like word of mouth that's like bullshit for retail (laughs) especially and for like or it's just it's just like false, like yeah. patently false. Like people can't figure out about your There's a reason brand. why Google <laughs> right, exactly, makes exactly. as much money and Facebook makes as much money as exactly, they do. Exactly. It's because people are advertising. And people wouldn't and keep advertising right? if it didn't work. Yeah. So we like did our first ad spend test with some Facebook ads. And I'm not joking. We literally were like, all right, we're going to spend $20 a day holding our breaths like i don't know if this is gonna work yeah. right like I, i'm super nervous like we had to commit 250 dollars <laughs> oh my god um, and we we did that and it worked incredibly well so it worked in a way that was not only people were engaging with the ads by clicking on it and buying our products but it worked in a way that people our ads were so in line with our that snarky and sarcastic brand and it was something that was created in a way that people had never seen before. So mm-hmm. people had never seen like these really good looking, like super good looking European models <laughs> with this with straight, like blue steel look on their face. <laughs> Just look like, you know, your typical, like, fashion model yeah. with like these Zoolander. ridiculous suits just like right? crazy suit with a ridiculous, a ridiculous, like vintage USA thing. And people yeah. are just like, what is this? Yeah. And just like the way that we talk to people, I think that really like resonated with the audience that we were targeting. And all of a sudden, like that $20 turned into like $400 in a day mm-hmm. that we didn't have to spend that extra $380 because it was just going viral. People right. were sharing it. Um, and then that really like led to a lot of other things. Uh, all of essentially, should I go into December? Yeah, so, so, so then, okay, so I stopped you in November. Yeah, yeah. So now it's December of last year and this big thing happened. Yep. Um, so like things had been really picking up in November. I still, I looked back at my phone the other day and I had like screenshots and had taken it. It was like, uh, $10,000 in sales in the last 30 days. And I was uh-huh. like, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Right. Yeah. Uh, cause for us at the time that was huge. Yeah. And, um, so I was in Indiana for Thanksgiving at my girlfriend's house and on the way back, we were coming back December 1st, early in the morning, early morning flight back to Denver. And I get like a text when I'm on the plane from my mom and she says, Hey Chris, you might want to get ready. And I was like, get ready for what? She was like, I think I'm pretty sure Al Roker just talked about you guys on the today show for like two minutes. And I was like, what? No (laughs) bullshit. Like he did not mom. It was someone else. She's like, no, I'm pretty sure. And so I was like, okay, whatever mom. And, uh, all of a sudden I looked down at my phone, which had the orders like pop up notifications. Right. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. And the orders just like rolled in Wow. and didn't stop. So we'd been featured on the today show 
they didn't tell us, which that's surprising. Woefully unprepared, right? And so we were on the Today Show, and then after that, Good Morning America, and then like you know, it snowballed. Yeah, they all copy each other. They all talk about right the same thing. Um, and so yeah, that was incredible. Like we sold out of everything that we had for the entire Christmas season in like three and a half hours. We actually accidentally oversold <laughs> by like 400 units. Oh, we were really? Like, oh my God. So we had to call it. Like Cause you didn't have any real inventory control set up. Or mm-hmm. like yeah. That, nothing, right? Right? We were like, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, there's no, no need for that. Yeah. Like our, our shopping cart basically couldn't keep up with the, our inventory. Our inventory couldn't keep up with our shopping cart. Yeah. So like we completely oversold everything, had no idea it was going to happen, but you know, it was fine. But I think that like, Really, like, the lesson there was it was from our Facebook test. Mm-hmm. So, like, the reason that they found out about it was because it was on a blog before that. And the reason the blog found out about it is because it was on Product Hunt. The reason it was on Product Hunt is because someone saw their friend had shared the ad. Yeah. So, like, that was kind of the chain of events. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, I mean, that like, had we never tested out those Facebook ads with that were, like, in line with our brand, yeah. totally ridiculous what was your real goal in starting this initially? And then did that change? Yeah. I mean, our goal initially and kind of like we subscribe to like the lean philosophy. So like we always want to test everything as fast as we can. And so, and as cheaply as we can. So like our goal initially was like, Hey, is this even a viable idea? Like who knows, right? Yeah. Just test it out. I mean, yeah, there's, you you didn't really have a goal. You're like, I have an idea. Let me just see see if if it works. Right. And I, and I knew the backbone of that was, I knew that Jens and I both, love this kind of clothing mm-hmm. and I was good at creating this like snarky sarcastic voice yeah um so I knew that 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 was that would work but let's see if people actually want to buy this or like right. or maybe I'm just an idiot and I just have 3,000 awesome people from DePaul University in Greencastle Indiana who love this stuff mm-hmm. right. who knows if the rest of the world's like yet, hey, right? yeah we were kind of isolated yeah. out there so I don't know <laughs> um but it turns out that when we tested it out and did things it resonated with a lot of people from all over the world and from like actually a much bigger age demographic than we thought too. When did you realize, was it after the good morning America today show? No, it was before before that. that? Yeah. I even knew like before we even had a website or really like we were selling actual products Yeah, because of the feedback that we were getting on Instagram. Like this is really cool. Yeah, Uh, And even if it was only like, you know, every once a week, Mm -hmm. it was still, we were getting like consistently like this is hilarious feedback from people. And so that like kind of kept us going. And then as soon as we saw that first Facebook ad Mm -hmm. get shared like a thousand times, we knew like, then you really knew, Oh wow. Like there's definitely a market for this. So then were you thinking, okay, we want to build this thing as quickly as possible. What, What was your mindset at that point? Yeah. I mean, like I think once we knew that there was a demand for it, like our attitude has always been, we want to make this big and we want to make it big fast. Um, because I think that like that underlying message that is enhancing your time with your friends, like Mm -hmm. is awesome and should be shared with the world. Right. And I think like I've always done this and me and my friends have always worn crazy shit and always had a great time. And I think that like the more people who experience that, the more fun they have in their lives, Mm -hmm. whether that be the weekend or going on a trip with your buddies or like going out with your wife or whatever it is, right? Like it is so fun. Are you really trying to convince me that this is like a social (laughs) impact company and that like you're you're improving the world? (laughs) Fun, fun. What's wrong with fun? Fun improves the world, I think, right? Like it it makes people smile. That's always our goal with everything we do is like this should be entertaining and fun first and then we'll sell you something second, right? Like I don't even care if you buy anything right now, but but if you're not smiling, Mm -hmm. you're not laughing, either you're just a dickhead or... Mm -hmm. 
uh, we're we're doing something wrong. Yeah. Right. So awesome. that's like kind of that's the goal, and we realized like, hey, like I think we can take this. This is a big business. Yeah. Um, and we started like thinking about we started looking at something that we didn't do at all at first was like researching market size or mm-hmm. anything like that. Right. Like we just knew we liked the stuff and yeah. we wanted to see if it would work. Well, cause then you're like, Oh, well maybe we need to raise some money. Right. And right. Now so we, we started looking at like, to investors you know, and, you know, know right. our stuff. And, and investors, right. Like that's the first question. So I was like, is the market big enough for this? Right. And right. so we started looking at things like the size of the Halloween market and like, Holy shit, Americans alone spend $3 billion a year on Halloween costumes, mm-hmm. which sounds absurd. 600 million on pet Halloween that's, costumes. It's pretty crazy. Right. So there's like a lot of money there and a lot of yeah. people are spending stuff on it. But the more we looked at costumes and not that we sell costumes specifically, mm-hmm. but the more we looked at like those types of things, the more we realized it not sucked. Not everyday wear. It sucked, right? right. Like you spend yeah. 60 bucks on it, which to me is absurd. I think someone would much rather spend $90 on a product that fits really well, mm-hmm. can be used multiple times, is nice. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that was like kind of when we started realizing that we were like, wow, like this is a big industry. There is a demand for this. Like let's make this big fast. I think that we have a brand that, the world would love mm-hmm. so so what so besides the fact that retail is probably a little harder to raise money for anyway mm-hmm. because there's not some whiz bang technology around yep. it and it is a brand and you, you it's much harder to address the competitive questions of how are you going to protect this but what were what were some of the challenges that you faced you know besides there just being this sort of reluctance to believe in retail as being a real good viable startup opportunity yeah i mean it was like hard until like we continued to show doubling sales mm-hmm. month over month over month right yeah. and then people by june it was really easy <laughs> everyone like was like oh here here take yeah. the money um but the biggest challenge i think was like not having a network that understands e-commerce mm-hmm. um because like Boulder is super smart people, tons of Denver too, super smart, super sharp people when it comes to software um, specifically. And yeah. like I worked for Sangrid for a big software company That's before, right. so I'd seen that. Um, but people just didn't understand retail. And then when I went to New York, I felt like, damn. If we were here, I would have closed this. Like this would have been so easy in because two weeks, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just talked to like a couple of people, right? And they know they, everyone in the network, and they it. just like here, meet this guy, meet this guy, meet this guy, meet this guy. Yeah. Um, and like one of our investors and advisors, Josh Abramson from uh, Busted Tees yep. and College Humor, he like could introduce me to a bunch of people really fast who understood retail mm-hmm. um, and understood e-commerce and brands, and so that was like. I think by far the biggest challenge is that I didn't know any of those people, yeah. right? Luckily, um, I met Josh and I met some of those, uh, additional, some of those people like, um, from our angel list seed round angel list was amazing for that. Yeah. Specifically like introducing us to people who never would have ever heard of China Sea yeah. if I had just before angel list, right. Yeah. If I had just like used my existing network, right. um, because that was really, it's really tough. So, so a takeaway might be if you're building a business that there isn't a huge, ecosystem around the industry that you're in you should work really hard in what are avenues it sounds like angelus was a good way for you to get into that but there's yeah. probably other ways you could have done that and yeah you probably, totally and, you probably did, and right? like using i mean still using like your local network because i knew a lot of people in boulder mm-hmm. um just from being grad school here for four yeah. years and and but like specifically asking like i don't want you to introduce me just to other investors you know yeah. i want you to introduce me to people you know in this industry. Yeah. I don't care where they're located. Yeah. I don't care what it is. Right. Like, and then you I'll, go there. Yep. And then you yeah. go there and you're and like, then spend the money oh, and I'm go fly be, there and exactly. schedule a bunch of meetings. Totally. Face to face. That's another huge thing that I learned. Um, 
all the people that I met with face to face invested. Yep. Most of the people I didn't meet with face to face did not invest. Yeah. So that's really important. Great. So like, I think you can, it's a lot easier to like convey, especially if you're, if you have a brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, 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 uh, it's not a concrete idea that I can say, this is my API that yeah. like, does this and this, right? Well, it's I like, think even more than just it being related to a brand, it goes back to your initial point around building a company around something you're really passionate about. Yeah. Right. Because people are going to feel that passion when you're face to face. Yep. Anybody who meets you knows that you love this stuff. It can feel when somebody really is passionate about something. Those are both really good points. But I think going to a hub of the industry where there's a lot of there's a lot of activity around that people really know it. There's also gonna be more angels and people who can help you. Good. So any other any other challenges? I mean I know that there you know one of the things I often hear from people who aren't particularly on the software side who aren't on the on the coast are that recruiting can be either a blessing or a curse. Yeah. You know, maybe you could talk to some of the challenges you've had around that. Yeah. So around hiring, our philosophy has always been that I, in the areas where we're differentiating, I don't want to hire experienced people mm-hmm. necessarily because they already come in with this idea of this is how it's done. Yeah. Uh, right. So like I talked about the advertiser would hate the way that we advertise and yeah. the copy and the creative that we use. Cause it's not like sell, sell, sell. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to hire that guy. Yeah. Right. I want to hire the hungry 22 year old who just graduated, who totally understands the brand on a deep level and mm-hmm. doesn't have any idea how to do this. And is just going to figure it out and yeah. he's going to work his ass off. Yeah. Um, and so that, and same thing with the product development, the way that we do this, right. And a typical product developer would say for apparel would say, you know, this is, we're going to work in six month cycles. We'll have a spring and a fall release mm-hmm. bullshit. Right. I want yeah. people who are like, no, let's, let's get month. Let's get a month long supply chain figured out. Let's get a six week supply chain figured out. Yeah. Um, and we're going to release stuff every week. We're going to have new stuff every week. I want people who don't have that aren't in the box yet. Yeah. There's no constraints for those yeah. people. Right. And so like, that's kind of been our philosophy. Uh, on the other hand for like operations, like our director of operations, very experienced, mm-hmm. right. And has done it before done yeah. e-commerce before. Um, so like, I think in the areas that we're differentiating in, I really want to hire people who are cr- super creative mm-hmm. and understand the brand. Um, and so like, it hasn't been as difficult as I've thought, yeah. uh, especially being a consumer facing company yeah. because for consumer facing, like people know about us, you know, we have a jobs page, we have a hundred thousand likes on Facebook. Yep. So there's a lot of people who, uh, who see us, yeah. but the one thing that I have noticed that's been really uh, challenging and that like I kind of, I guess, let slide for a second um, and Jens and I have like stopped and thought about it and like, hey, no, this needs to be a priority mm-hmm. is the actual like hiring process yeah. and vetting people because when you're we're growing like 100% month over month, at times it's like, fuck, we just need to hire three people yeah, without yeah. interviewing go, them, right? Go, yeah. We hired someone in December without interviewing them. <laughs> we're just like, we need help. Is that person still You're there? hired. That person was fired like three weeks later. Yeah. Um, so like that's happened a couple of times to where we've been like, we just need help. Like I just need a body throw it at that. And yeah. that's like wrong. Yeah. Right. Like I would rather push people to the level of where they're super stressed out and about to break yeah. instead of like making it comfortable by just throwing a body at them. And I think like the whole team, we've all realized that because like firing people sucks. Right. But like, I think when we've had to hire people super fast, those people are no longer with the company. Yep. Um, because and and you've realized that it's a good move when like you 
let them go and you're like, yeah, better now, right? Yeah. You will very rarely look back on firing somebody and think, you know, should have given that person an extra month (laughs) or six weeks. Yeah. Almost always you will look back on it going, I really knew in my heart of hearts that after a month that it wasn't the right fit. Yep. But that just goes to your point of you really need to vet, you need to build a recruiting process. Yep. And that's something that a lot of early companies don't do. Yeah, because you don't, you're like, you don't go into expecting like, oh, we're going to have 15 employees in a month. Right. I, I don't know. Yeah. I freaking, I had and, no idea. That and you should be, and how much time you really have to spend on it. I mean, it's, it's a when you're hiring, it's a big part of your time. Yeah, I mean it's, it's you know 20, 30, 40% of your time. Yeah. For not just one person, right? It's not just like the person organizing it. Yeah. It's for multiple people on the team. The other thing you said, which is around the experience versus kind of non-experience. That strategy has like paid off big time. Yeah. Like the people who I I, I just like am blown away and so like proud of these mm-hmm like inexperienced kids that we've hired who yeah. like have just fucking worked their asses off, yep. like learned so much. Like I've seen, we hired one kid as an intern. I knew after one week, I was like, yeah. I'm hiring you. You're hired full time. Yeah. Like you want to accept salary <laughs> position now? Cause you're yeah. in. Um, and just like, I've seen that guy grow from like this kid who's never done anything, but was mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Never done any marketing before, but right. he's a funny kid and a good writer. Yeah. That was it. And creative. And like to just like crushing all of our social media, That's all awesome. of our copywriting. That's awesome. In terms of like hiring, though, yep. on talk back to that point uh, on the process. Like the process. The one thing that we really realized, and we actually just realized this like two weeks ago, was that we thought back about like the really high performers and the people who are still with. We haven't like it's not like we fired like half the workforce. Yeah. It's like been three or four people, but we're like, why? Like that sucks. I don't want to mm-hmm. go through that. Why? Like why have we had to let those people go? And it's because we thought about how we hired them, and we did not put them through the rigor of the interview process that we put the other people who are really high performers through mm-hmm. like Michelle, our first employee director of operations, we hired her like in September last year. Mm-hmm. We interviewed 25 people for that wow. job. So like we were like, we needed to find the perfect person mm-hmm. and we did, if we yeah. hadn't hired Michelle, no doubt in my mind we would not be where we are today. Yeah. Um, but so like going back to that and like being really strict about, having the interview process and it takes a long time preparing for an interview, spending 30 minutes, an hour beforehand, like looking at this person, like really diving deep, uh, is super important. So let's, we're going to wrap it up soon here. I want to ask two more questions. Okay. The first is what's been your biggest mistake or failure? The hiring was one, but, um, another thing that I wish we would have done more of has been a little bit riskier actually with, the ad spend Mm -hmm. so like you know if if your ad spend is converting at super awesome numbers just spend more money yeah it's it's (laughs) literally coming back to you in like three days as long as your credit card processor takes so we at the beginning when we spent twenty dollars last year yeah why didn't we spend 120 dollars right like when you got the traction you should be going all right we're we're gonna gonna maybe the effects have been magnified by 10x yeah but like i think a lot of times at least everything i read that has to do with like startup marketing and viral marketing, mm-hmm. right? Like it's all about like this magic bullet and that just doesn't exist. Right. Right. Like advertise, there's nothing wrong with advertising. No. It, it works. Yeah. Right. It's, if you're doing it right, it works. If, it, if, it, if you, you're doing it wrong, it won't work and then you can stop doing it. Yeah. Um, but like, especially for consumer phasing companies, like it works. Mm-hmm. So I wish we would have just like been a little more aggressive with that. And, yeah. and I think we could have grown even faster than we did. Yeah. That that was that's a good point. So so, so really, when you saw traction, pushing forward as quickly as possible. Yeah. On that, 
So what are the plans for the future? So like a lot of our plans that are really exciting for the future are uh, expanding Mm -hmm. our product line significantly. So like I think for us, all we've done so far is basically like scrape the holidays off the top, right? And we haven't really like been, been, we haven't, we've run out of inventory essentially Mm -hmm. every single month and we haven't uh, taken a deep dive really into any like merchandising. So it's really like figuring out our entire category, our entire product line for the whole year, uh, being more organized with that, finding like these other small brands and designers and artists that we can sell uh, on this platform essentially Mm -hmm. that we've created for fun times um and like having something new to talk about every week as opposed to having something new to talk about every month yeah so i think for us like the next step is really just like putting the pedal to the metal um which i'm really excited about right like every time you release a new product and talk about it in a way that is hilarious people love that like we get we literally have been getting three or four emails back responses from just people who are on our mailing list every single week saying like this made this makes my week every single week. Like, thank you for what you do. <laughs> it takes us a long time to write those emails, right? Like, yeah. We spend time like in creative energy on those, yeah. but like people love them, right? And so uh, it's just like doing more things like that, doing more video. We don't have it's it's nothing like crazy. Like we have this big plan to do some extraordinary tech project, or no, anything, no, no, right? No, it's just like just really growing, growing. faster, yeah. Build up because you you added sunglasses this summer, yeah, right? Sunglasses. We've added. We have. The thing I'm most thing. excited about actually coming out because I ski a lot yeah. is the ski wear that we have here. Yeah. Ridiculous ski onesies <laughs> coming out. Brand new ski onesies with like technical materials so it's not like you're not going to be cold. In case people don't know how to find you, it's S-H-I-N-E-S-T-Y dot com. And on the website are all the social media links. And so I would definitely say... Uh, at a minimum, you should just <laughs> sign up. You know, if you're on Instagram, follow them on Instagram, follow them on Twitter, because they're they will brighten your day. Like, the, if anything, it'll just make it'll put a smile on your face, and that's what I heard your goal is. So that's what your your long term goal for the company is: what making everybody smile, and making have fun, people laugh. Right? Yeah, like I think people should look at our website, and the first thing we want people to do is just go. <laughs> yeah this is ridiculous <laughs> and right? i think they will it's pretty it's it's a pretty humorous thing yep <laughs> cool well chris thanks so much really good time talking to you and looking forward to continuing to follow all the great things that shiny city's doing yeah and hope that uh, you can keep putting smiles on people's faces and making people laugh and getting people to shine on yeah thanks a lot mark yeah.